Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Bane here with Wags. It's finally time, Wags. We're uh, talking final roster cutdowns. Um, it's going to be a lot of tough decisions, I think, for this coaching staff uh, with cuts coming on Saturday. Uh, but after that kind of pain uh, comes something really exciting, which means the season is almost here. Yeah, and it's really interesting because, in a way, there will be less cuts if you look at uh, what Coach LaFleur describes as an extension of the roster with a practice squad, and that got expanded from 10 to 16 this year. So there's going to be 69 guys that are going to be part of this Packers team uh, for all intents and purposes. Now, I know the goal is to be on the active 53-man roster, but uh, with the way things are going this year, all 16 of those guys on the practice squad better be ready to go. So it will be sure be interesting to see what happens with cut downs. And if there might be one or two guys that you would think would normally be on the 53 man roster, that maybe they get stashed on the practice squad. If they feel like they're a little bit less likely to get picked up by someone else uh, so that they can protect one or two of these other guys. So um, I'm sure there's going to be certainly some hard decisions, as you said, but uh, with the expansion of the practice squad, hopefully that eases the pain a little bit. Well, and, and to your point, before we get into position groups here, um, with, with that 16-person expansion, the other huge caveat that I don't think enough people are talking about, six of those spots can go to players with unlimited NFL experience. So in past years, you, you could have like two or three years of NFL experience, but after that, you couldn't remain on the practice squad any longer. Now, you could have a guy who's theoretically been in the league eight seasons, and he could be stashed on your practice squad. So, Wags, I mean, that's a pretty remarkable caveat as we look at it. And, and I think that we're going to see the Packers and other teams potentially take a lot of advantage of that. Um, but right now, we don't know who other teams are cutting. We don't know any of that. We only know about the 80 men that are in the locker room right now. So I think that we should stick to the 80 that we got, and we can start to talk through uh, position groups maybe and, and where we think uh, guys are going to land. Yeah, uh, let's do it. And I don't know, we folks, we didn't talk about this before we started. Maybe we should have, but my thought, Dean, is let's just go through position by position mm-hmm. and just kind of talk about the guys that, you know, we know who the locks are, so we can kind of just uh, uh, roll through those pretty quickly. But as we go through the position groups, it'll be interesting to see if we have any differences uh, between who we think ends up making the roster and who does not. So yeah. uh, let, why don't we start on the offensive side of the ball? And I think it's always easy to start uh, in the quarterback room. And I think this is probably uh, outside of the specialist, um, the easiest position group to call right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks very apparent to me that Packers are going to have three guys on the roster. Uh, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is a lock. Um, and Jordan Love may end up being a third-string quarterback, but he's a lock. And Tim Boyle looks like he's a lock. 
uh, to make the team. So it looks like three quarterbacks, which we haven't done in a couple of years, uh, but uh, that sure looks like that's going to be the plan at this point. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. Um, if we're looking at practice squad, uh, Jalen Morton, who was in camp earlier, um, I actually think uh, the they Packers recently worked him out again after releasing him just in the last week. I think they were uh, checking to see if he's still in shape. Uh, Wags, I think he's actually might get a call back to the practice squad in one of those 16 spots if they liked what they saw with him. But totally agree. Right now, 53-man roster. I think all three of those guys are about as close to a lock as you can get. I don't see any way that any of those three guys aren't on the opening day roster. Perfect. So we're in agreement there. Let's move right into the running back group. And last year, we only kept three guys uh, on the roster. Dexter Williams was the third man, and he never really got um, barely any uh, opportunities to even be active on game day, let alone get touches on the field. Um, it seems pretty apparent to me that we're definitely going to have three uh, for sure this year. It will be interesting to see. I actually, uh, this is one group, I think we're going to end up with four on the 53. So I'll be curious to see what your thoughts are. But um, I've got four making it in this running back group uh, with, uh, you know, certainly Aaron Jones as a lock and uh, A.J. Dillon uh, as a rookie as a lock. Um, and then I, I've got Jamal Williams making the team, and I've got Tyler Swervin Irvin uh, making the team as a running back as well. So, Dane, what say you? Are, are we in agreement there as well, or was there someone else you were looking at for the 53? Well, yeah, folks, I swear we didn't talk ahead of time about our picks. Exactly the same. I think the Packers keep four running backs to start. Um, and, and if we're including fullbacks as well in this, I'll say it with the caveat that uh, right now we've got some offensive line injuries, which we'll get into. So I think there's a possibility the Packers are going to keep uh, go a little offensive line heavy to start the season. But I wouldn't be shocked if John Lovett, is put on the practice squad, and he's going to get some snaps once the season kind of um, rolls along. Uh, I think they really like him. He's a Princeton kid. Um, it's clear the Packers still think, might want a fullback. We had two fullbacks uh, previously. Both got released. We brought in John Lovett, a guy we claimed from the Chiefs, uh, somebody that the coaching staffs really talked highly about. So, Weggs, I think that's the caveat there. I think he will play some snaps this year. And I do think Dexter Williams, who was on the roster last year, will be on the practice squad this season. There's a lot of talented running backs in this league. So I don't think another team's going to claim Dexter Williams. But I do think that he's valuable to the Packers. And with this COVID world that we're living in and just the, the, the general injuries that happen, I expect probably both of these young men are probably going to be playing for the Packers at some point this season. Yeah, so let's maybe let's come back to John Lovett. Are, are you saying, did you have him on the 53? No, I have. I No, I don't have him on the initial okay. 53. So, so we're, yeah. we're actually in agreement. I, I think I, I had, that was one of the hardest calls I had. And yeah. just, just by nature of his position and the fact that he's the only one fullback on the roster right now, he was one of the last guys I was looking at. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's going to be what's going to be happening with the front office and the coaching staff as they go through these decisions. Is that fullback, <laughs> he might be their, literally their last decision of whether to have on the 53 or um, let's see if we can keep him around on the practice squad so we have him to call up as needed. Uh, but it sounds like we're actually in agreement that we're going to start without a fullback on the 53-man roster this year. Um, so that was one of the casualties that I had with four running backs because they had three last year uh, that we would not have John Lovett on the 53. 
Um, so, Dane, we've been in 100% agreement so far. A little bit scary. As you said, we did compare notes beforehand. Uh, but uh, we're, we're, I'm sure, going to have a few differences as we move through this. It's going to get a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's stick with um, some of the uh, uh, position groups, uh, if you will. Um, you know, the uh, wide receiver position, I think this will be where we might have a little delineation. So I'll be really curious to see. Um, and, you know, I think it's goes without saying Devontae Adams uh, is for sure a lock. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw um, Alan Lazard and MBS. By all accounts, MBS yeah. is having a super camp. And he might have already overtaken Lazard uh, for, you know, the quote-unquote de facto number two, uh, if that matters. But uh, those three to me are clear-cut locks at this point. Uh, and then – I think we've got a pretty, you know, comfortable, um, you know, next couple. But I'll hand it over to you first and, and let you take the lead on this one and see uh, see if we have any differences here or who you had uh, as the next couple of guys making the roster. By the way, I did have six wide receivers making it this year, same as last year. Um, so I'll be curious to see if you came up with the same number. I also have six wags, and I have those those as your top three, same as my top three. I have Equinamia St. Brown as kind of the fourth guy in there. Now, here's where it gets interesting, um, and, and I hate to talk about a different position group, but it, it factors in. So Kamal Martin goes down with his injury, middle linebacker, having a really nice camp. Um, for him to go I, – so I think he's going to the IR – uh, and, and we'll talk about that, but I think that for him to go to the IR, um, and be able to come back, uh, this season, they actually have to keep him on the initial cutdown of 53, and then they can put him on the IR, then they can bring somebody back. But what that does is it makes somebody else subject to waivers, right? That, that's on this roster. That's where it gets interesting for me. I think that after those top four, I have, I have Kumaro, and I have, I have, uh, Bengleton, I have those two guys as my five and six, but I think one of those guys gets cut to make way for Kamal Martin to stick on the initial 53. I think the Packers then bring whoever, which one of these guys, Bengleton or Kumaro, back uh, to be their sixth uh, wide receiver. And I think the, my reasoning for this, Legs, is if, if uh, Kumaro or a Bengleton gets picked up by another team, uh, what that allows is it allows for a Darius Shepard. It allows for a Malik Turner or a Malik Taylor to maybe come in and be that sixth receiver. I think the Packers have uh, enough uh, depth of talent at that position that they can play around a little bit. But my uh, five and six are Bengleton and Kumaro. But Wags, I was really close to having Kumaro not make this team and instead have Malik Turner, but I chose Kumaro instead. So, again, Adams, Lazard, MVS, EQ, Bengleton, Kumaro. Those are my six. Interesting. So I was right with you on EQ, um, and I also have Bagleton making the team. He was my my last wide receiver, mm-hmm. not number five. Um, where we have a difference is I actually have Darius Shepard as the number five receiver, and uh, I've got Jay Krumro, unfortunately, uh, getting cut here. Uh, I just feel like Jay Krumro at age 29, uh, you know, I, I just don't – if there was – I know I get that he's very – um, you know, uh, one of our best blocking wide receivers, and I'm not discounting that. Um, I think uh, he, he contributed a bit on special teams last year, but I think one of these 
young guys can come in and fill that spot as a gunner. Um, and I, honestly, I, I don't th- I don't see a lot of upside uh, anymore with Jake Krumer. I, I I know he's very popular in the locker room, uh, very popular with number twelve, and and that's certainly important. But um, you know he he had a, a, every opportunity to be more of a contributor as a wide receiver last year. And if he wasn't really able to do it, I just don't see how he's going to be able to, uh, you know, um, be looked at as a long-term solution. I really like Dar- uh, Darius Shepard because uh, of what he can give you as a return man specialist. And Tyler Irvin may be the guy to start the season, and he may hold that job all season. But if he gets injured, having a guy like Darius Shepard uh, that can get some reps on special teams, get out on the field, work out maybe some of those nerves that he had, uh, and not in such a um, you know central and uh, large uh, role as the actual return man. Uh, I think uh, he might even be able to give you some looks uh, from the slot position that uh, none of the other wide receivers really do. Uh, so I, I really like Darius Shepard to make this team. Uh, he made it out of camp as an undrafted uh, and workout uh, undrafted free agent last year, and and I think uh, he might have the opportunity to uh, to have the same chance to make the team as the 53 this year as well. That's that's really interesting that uh, you have Kumro going. I ha- I had I literally right before you called me tonight, I had him on my cut list. And I put him back on. I second-guessed myself. But I, I hear you. And I think that um, I, I actually just kind of blocking these receivers, Malik Turner and uh, Kumaro and Begleton, I think they're all kind of special teams guys, too. So from that perspective, you know, there's some um, duplicitous nature of it. Um, but I decided to go with the Bengleton and Kumara, but I wouldn't be surprised at all, Wags. I think Shepard's having a really nice camp, and he does give you kind of a different look than a lot of these other guys that are a little bit longer. So I uh, wouldn't be totally shocked at all with that. But I do think that Darius Shepard, uh, the coaching staff, likes him. Uh, and I think that uh, if he doesn't make this, he's definitely a priority practice squad guy. Uh, and I think, again, all these guys are going to be seeing the field at some point this season. Yeah, I look at Malik Taylor and Malik Turner as two guys that they can get on the practice squad, and I think they can do every bit of what uh, Jake Kumro can if they need to mm-hmm. call call those guys up, um, fill that role as a special teams gunner, and they're both 24. Uh, yeah. I, so, I, I, you know, no disrespect to Jake Kumro, you know, we – We've enjoyed having Whitewater Jesus as part of the squad. It's great. It's a great story, um, and and good for him. And I, I just think that uh, he's uh, unfortunately probably reaching the end of the road here. Um, so uh, anyway, we will see. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but it's going to be a tough decision either way. Um, whatever happens. So um, okay, very good. Well, why don't we look at the tight end group then? Um, and Dane, we kept four tight ends last year. Um, and I actually think we're going to keep the same number this year. Uh, I will actually be surprised if this isn't another group that we are in perfect alignment on. So I'm just going to go right out there and name the four. Um, I've got Jay Sternberger, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, and Robert Tunyon making the team. It sounds like Tunyon, we can't said coming in, he would have to make a strong impression in camp. It sounds like by all accounts, he really worked on his body and made a strong impression in camp and, and has been ready to go. Uh, I've heard a lot of positive comments from both the coaching staff and from teammates. Um, and so I think Tunyon is definitely going to get another opportunity uh, 
to make a run here and be part of this group. Uh, so those are the four, and I think Evan Bayless uh, is the de facto uh, guy on the practice squad, as he was last year, uh, and they can easily call him up. He can really fill that Mercedes Lewis-type role, uh, particularly as a blocking tight end. We're, we're on the exact same page on that one. Uh, you said it perfectly. Um, those are the four. Evans on the outside looking in, but the Packers have invested a lot in him. I think they trust him as kind of a call up guy. Um, and I think that they'll probably call on him again this season. And, uh, he's, he, he's not leaving the organization quite yet. I'll put it that way. Yes, absolutely. So, um, very good. So why don't we go then last offensive? position group is the offensive line and this is a big group we kept nine last year and I have a hard time when I looked at this group uh seeing them keeping less than that this year I think they're going to keep nine again uh so I'll start with that and then I'll hand it over to you and let you lead the way um you know I mean clearly we've got some some locks in in David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins um I was a little uh, uncertain where what Corey Lindsley's status was coming into his final year uh, of his contract, but it certainly appears there's Packers have no intention of moving on. So I would be pretty shocked if he's a cut. I think they would have cut him earlier in camp if they were going to move on from him. Um, so to me, he's pretty much a lock. And then uh, Lane Taylor and Billy Turner seem to have locked up starting position. So I think those are your starting five and uh, even though he's a backup, I look at Lucas Patrick as a clear-cut lock. Uh, so those six, to me, are clear locks. And, and I, I'll, I'll let you uh, uh, name the other three. I, I think they're fairly obvious, but um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you name the other three, uh, unless you have any disagreement in the top six. Uh, and we'll see if we have the same group here as well. So, Wags, I actually have ten caps, not nine, on the offensive line. So this is like the first time I think our our numbers are off. Um, But I agree with everybody you've mentioned. Rick Wagner, Ricky Wagner as well, uh, is going to make this team. He's been banged up. Billy Turner's banged up. There's talk that Bill Turner may not be able to play in week one, which makes things a little bit more interesting. Um, So in addition to those uh, seven now that we've mentioned, um, John Runyon, the rookie guard, uh, and Jake Hansen. I think I believe both of those two men are going to make this roster as well. And then my number ten, I went back and forth last season. Uh, Alex Light made the team. He is not making the team again this season. I think John Leglu. Uh, is going to be your 10th and final offensive lineman to tackle. Uh, I think the Packers really liked what they had in him uh, for a number of reasons. They signed him off of the Saints practice squad to the active roster last season. Um, and I think that, unfortunately for Alex Lightwags, uh, what happened there was last season he had an opportunity to um, take over for Brian Bulaga when he was injured, had a really rough game. And uh, after that time, what we saw was they, they signed Leglu. Uh, they, they called up um, uh, uh, Yo, uh, Yash Nijman. Um, they called him up. And they uh, brought in Valdir. So uh, it's not a good sign, right, when you have three guys come in after you get an opportunity and you don't do well. Um, so I think that across the board, it's Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, Taylor, Turner, Wagner, Runyon, Hanson, Patrick, and Leglu. Um, I do think, though, that in looking at that, I think Alex Light will not remain with the organization. I think they're probably ready to move on. Um, but I think that Yash 
and uh, and Cody Conway, who was on the practice squad last season, are probably going to have an opportunity to stick around and the practice squad doing the math. And then I haven't heard a lot about Zach Johnson, who came from North Dakota State, small school. Not a great sign to me that I haven't heard too much about him um, from a small school because generally you get a story out of a guy like that. So he's on the fence if they bring him back or not. Um, but I think that the Packers stick to 10. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting the way you put that. I like your thought process, especially, and that's the big thing with Leglu is is what what are we looking at for Week One? Clearly, with Billy Turner uh, a little bit banged up, and Rick Wagner has barely had any practices. Um, it, it could necessitate that uh, Leglu is is active in Week One. Whether he's actually starting at tackle is kind of a scary thought. Um, no, no disrespect, but uh, minimal uh, NFL experience and going up uh, against a, a very formidable opponent in Week One in the Vikings. But we'll talk more about that, uh, you know, coming up in a few, in a very soon, actually. But um, so, so that's kind of the wild card: is our are Bill Turner and Rick Wagner going to be ready for Week One? I think if they're ready for Week One. Uh, Leglu is is going to be someone that they try to stash on the practice squad, and they stick with nine. Uh, but certainly, uh, they're not. Unless I do, I for, forgive me for not quite knowing for sure, but I don't believe Rick Wagner would be uh, eligible to be on the physically unable to perform list at this point. Uh, so short of that, um, they would they would have to to carry him on to fifty three mm-hmm. uh, and probably carry that tenth guy. Uh, but uh, I was making the assumption that one or both uh, would get ready for week one, and, and you know certainly that might not happen. If that's the case, I, I would have to agree that Ligaloo looks like he's the next man in. And we didn't talk about you know who we thought we might stash on the practice squad, but that seemed to just be a natural extension of this discussion. It's funny that uh, the, the I, I think you're. Uh, summary on Alex Light, you said it perfectly. I also had him getting cut. Uh, mm-hmm. I think at this point, uh, you know, he was given an opportunity last year. I think they, the Packers have had uh, a long look at Alex Light, and I think they're going to give some of these other young guys a chance. Uh, Zach Johnson, I also have getting cut. I don't think he's going to be a, a practice squad guy unless the numbers just work out in his favor. So uh, we're pretty, very, very close to being in agreement there. Uh, and then I did have John Ru- John Runyon uh, as well as Hanson making the team as well. So And those uh, guys could both be starters down the road, right? Both of those rookies. I really ab- think so. Absolutely. So, okay, well, let's jump oh, over deep. And we should track. mention, too, sorry to cut you off, but Stepaniak, who we drafted as well, uh, he's going to be on that physically unable to perform list probably for the entire season. Uh, the kid from Indiana, he's still working his way back from injury. I just want to mention that. Since yeah, thank you. And and it's good to mention, too, the, the guys that might be on IR, as you've already mentioned, or uh, may you know be on the COVID exemption list or may be uh, on the physically unable to perform list because that's going to impact you know what we end up with with cuts, who's on the practice squads, you know, who's active for week one, I expect that there's going to be a lot of movement between both the active 53, the practice squad, uh, and, you know, um, and who's actually uh, coming in and going out, uh, particularly in the first four weeks of the season, but it might be a season-long thing. So uh, so there, there's not going to be, uh, you know, a set 53 uh by any means, uh, I, it wouldn't be a surprise if, if that's, that's a, a pretty active, 
uh, movement uh, almost every week of the season. So definitely. Um, Dean, before we go over to defense, uh, let's name a couple more locks uh, uh, as far as the specialists. We know J.K. Scott and uh, uh, Mason Crosby are locks to make the team. And it appears that uh, Hunter Bradley, as the long snapper, didn't really get any competition. Uh, so unless uh, unless I, I am missing something, I believe all three of those guys uh, will be part of the team and on the active 53 this year. Um, so – I'm going to – let's jump over to defense. What, what position did you want to start with on the defense? Let's, let's start with the D-line. Let's, let's go right into the D-line. And I'm curious how, what your uh, keepers are on that or how many you think the Packers are going to keep on D-line. Yeah, this was actually one of the hardest groups I had. Um, and last year we actually kept six defensive linemen. And I, I got us at five this okay. year. And uh, so uh, clearly Kenny Clark – uh, is a lock, and, and Dean Lowry, I believe, is going to make the team as well as Tyler Lancaster. Uh, and, that, and then after that, the next two guys I had uh, were Kinsley Kiki and Trayvon Hester. Uh, those are my five. Uh, Montrevious Adams uh, was in a walking boot and has been banged up in camp. I think he was. Uh, I think the Packers are ready to move on from him. He's going to be straight up cut, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be surprised if they keep him around for another year. And then we've got a. a uh, Willington Prevalon is a guy that I was I was pretty high on as an undrafted guy out of Rutgers, but I think uh, he's a practice squad guy and and really kind of a practice squad one uh, A, if you will. Um, he's someone that I would not be surprised uh, it, that he's going to be part of the active fifty three uh, at some point this year because uh, it's almost inevitable that one of these uh, guys that will probably uh, suffer an injury, even if it's a minor one. Uh, I look at Will- Willington Prevalon as someone uh, that will probably get rotated in into the active roster, um, if not, uh, you know, a, a couple of games, maybe more frequently, uh, depending on who is available from week to week. Yep. No, I hear you. Um, and and I, I I completely agree with you on Montrevious Adams. I think that the team's going to move on. I actually have the Packers going even thinner uh, than than five. I have the Packers keeping only four defensive linemen to start the year, uh, and I have Trayvon Hester being uh, the the one that is not on the active roster. However, Wags. Uh, now again, there's a lift on on years of service that can be on the practice squad. To me, he is a prime practice squad kind of guy that they can just shift up, shift down. Um, uh, but I, I think that for the numbers game for week one, I think they're just going to keep it to those four down linemen. Yeah, I, I, we'll see. I, I'd be a little nervous with just four. And Trayvon Hester is a guy that uh, I think would get snapped up. And that was part of the reason why I, I had the Packers keeping him on the 53. Uh, sure, he's floated around to a few different teams the last few years. i I think this is his fourth team in the last four seasons, but he's got NFL experience and I just don't see the Packers uh, taking the risk of going with only four and then he gets picked up by someone else. Uh, and then now we're really thin because uh, now you're down to willing to travel on is really the only other interior defensive lineman on the roster. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a tough call. And, and that's, that's one of those things where uh, the offensive line with, with, if they've got to keep 10, because of the week one or week two situation with Rick Wagner and Billy Turner, that's going to be a dicey call, I think, uh, if they're going to have to go a little bit thinner at one of these other positions. Uh, but uh, I, I will say this, defensive line is probably one of the position groups 
uh, when you look at it, that they would try to have to, to get away with it and make that difficult decision. Absolutely. Um, Wag, should we talk about inside linebacker? Sure. Yeah. Um, I got him keeping three, um, and that's after uh, Kamal Martin goes to the IR. I have us keeping uh, Kirksey, Summers, and Oren Burks, and I have it in that order. Oren Burks has had some injury problems again uh, in camp here. Uh, so he's been uh, on and off the, the practice field a little bit here. And I think that, um, you know, when the Packers go big, it's going to be Kirksey and Summers manning the middle. Yeah, um, and I, here we go. I had the exact same three, and uh, we kept four last year. So this mm-hmm. this will be an interesting group. Um, and uh, those are the three I have. Uh, to be honest with you, I do – think with a healthy Raven Green, not to jump ahead to a different position yeah. group, uh, but uh, also, uh, you know, with, with the, the guys that we have in that safety group, we'll talk about a few of the other ones. Uh, I, I really feel like they'll be uh, comfortable carrying three inside linebackers, uh, and they may just have Kirksey as the only one that's out there in passing situations. Uh, so uh, I think they'll be okay with that, um, and uh, they'll just roll with that to start off the season. And Chris Barnes, uh, uh, I think for UCLA, uh, the undrafted young man, middle linebacker. He's a prime practice squad candidate to me. He's athletic. Uh, I think that uh, they're going to allow him some time to um, basically redshirt this season with this expanded practice squad. Again, I just think that it's really going to allow this team to have more guys around the professional game and allow these guys to grow. And in a, if you're only going to keep three, you're, you're, you're darn sure you're going to keep another guy on that practice squad that's up and ready to go uh, at a moment's notice. For sure. Uh, I completely agree with you. So let's move over to the edge position. Yeah. Another, I think, pretty clear-cut position. I'll be curious. I, I wrestled with, is this a four- or five-man uh, group this year? You sound uh, like me, yeah. Legs. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so let's start with our locks. There is some Preston Smith. And uh, the breakout guy at camp, and this just warms my heart. Um, yeah. It's it, yeah, absolutely. Rashawn Gary, uh, is by all accounts, and if he can extend what he's been able to do in camp uh, to the regular season, look, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it got a little bit more difficult after that. Ultimately, you know, this is going to be a very interesting, very, very interesting. And here's what I settled on. I'm just going to jump right into this. I went with five. And, Me too. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what I have, and, and I don't know if we're going to end up with the exact same guys here, but I have uh, Tim Williams uh, as, a, as kind of a veteran guy uh, that I think they can move around, and, and he's going to be uh, someone that I think they can have in there reliable, uh, that can come in if need be and give you some snaps. Might even be able to, to drop back uh, into coverage a little bit more. Uh, and, and from a linebacker edge position uh, and contribute on special teams. I just think that uh, they he didn't really get much opportunity when they bought him in late in the season last year, but I think he's going to make the team. And then their fifth guy is, I think, going to be a little bit of a flyer, uh, is Spider, Jonathan Garvin, uh, the uh, kid out of Miami. It sounds like he just uh, was winning some battles and kind of, uh, turn some heads a little bit, particularly early in camp. So this might be uh, where we delineate a little bit. And I don't know if the front office feels like they need to have uh, a 53-man roster spot for Jonathan Garvin. But I 
I think that they're going to, uh, uh, they, I think they want to keep this kid around, uh, because of his natural athleticism. And if they can really get him tuned in at the professional level, I, I, I think they're, they are going to keep him on the 53, give him a year or at least some time and, and see how he continues to develop. Wags, it's really funny. I kept five as well. And believe it or not, I also kept Jonathan Garvin on the roster. Uh, it's a very, he's such a Green Bay Packer roster guy to me. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's so young. He's 20 years old. All of these intangibles, the knock on him, um, was, uh, in college was, um, some inconsistency, uh, with effort. I do not think that's going to be a problem with the Smiths there. We saw how quickly Rashawn Gary just took to them. So I think that Jonathan Garvin is a prime candidate to make this team and be a stash on the roster. Uh, however, I do not have Kim Williams. I went a different direction. I actually went with Jordan Love's teammate in college, Tipa Nalei. Um, I, I, he's wearing, he's the new number 50. Um, uh, now that Blake Martinez is no longer there. Um, he's been, Really showing the last couple weeks, it sounds like, in practice. Uh, he actually has a body type where there's uh, – I think he could actually, in a pinch, even move into that middle linebacker role uh, should, you know, an injury occur and we need somebody late in the game to fill in there. Um, I think that they he's another kind of project pass rusher. But when you have the big three, like you have Z, Preston, and Gary, I think after that you have that ability to have a couple young guys coming off the edge, taking up a couple snaps. Um, that being said, uh, it was really hard for me there because I, I was looking at some of the others in camp. Obviously, Tim Williams, as you mentioned, Randy Ramsey, who was on the practice squad last year, um, Greg Roberts, who just came off the physically unable to perform list, um, but I think he's more going to be a practice squad stash at this point uh, because it's been a year since he's really been in pads, so I don't see a scenario where he's able to work his way back in. Uh, but the other guy I was looking at quite a bit, Wags, uh, but I decided uh, he's more of a practice squad candidate, was Delonte Scott. Uh, one of the last undrafted guys. Another guy who's having an under-the-radar but really good camp. But I think he just misses out because we have a couple other young guys uh, that uh, the Packers, I think, have probably invested in just a little bit more so far. Uh, so I think I've got Malayi, I've got Garvin. But Wags, I agree, five outside linebackers, and I think that they're going to have some young guys on that back end. Yeah, we will see what happens. It'll be fascinating. And, and really, the main reason I gave – uh, Williams, the edge, it, because I completely agree with you. I, I normally, you're, when all things are equal, you're going to take the younger guys. Uh, to me, it's just a matter of you want the Packers don't have a lot of opportunity to bring outside guys in right now to do workouts. And Tim Williams uh, is a little bit more of a known commodity, I feel, than a guy like Tipa Galei is. And so, uh, we, you could absolutely be right. Uh, but, uh, it will be interesting to see if the front half is feels like uh, some of these veterans might be uh, get the, getting the edge when in a normal year you would go with the young guy just by by way of the fact that uh, you can stash a couple extra guys. You have six more practice squads, uh, guys that you can keep 
part of the program. So uh, that's going to definitely be a factor, I think, as they make these decisions as well. Um, but you could absolutely be right, and, and I'm right there with you in the thought process. Exciting that we both had Jonathan Garvin making yeah. the roster. So um, we will see. I'm hoping that we see this young man get an opportunity. Absolutely. So, Dane, let's move over into that secondary group. So let's talk the safety position first. Okay. Yeah. And um, at safety, we kept four last year, and I've actually got us at five uh, this year. So <laughs> uh, we we could have been a lot more efficient in this podcast if we just uh, had uh, who who didn't you have? Because <laughs> I think we we're going to be on the same boat again potentially. This is really okay. funny. Okay, well I think four are clear cut locks uh, yeah. in Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Raven Green, uh, and Will Redmond. And then I think Vernon Scott has done enough in camp that he's going to make the team. Um, and I like him as having an opportunity to uh, potentially uh, come in and in some passing downs, if need be, uh, as kind of that hybrid guy. Uh, I look at him as kind of a backup to Raven Green. Um, I think uh, uh, with Raven Green being healthy and having a guy like Vernon Scott around on the roster, that allows uh, Will Redmond. Uh, I think, to be a, a little bit more of that free safety. Uh, he's a rangy guy, and, and I think he got thrust and played well in the role that he had to play last year due to some injuries. Uh, but I think having Will Redmond uh, in more of a natural uh, role as a free safety uh, will be a better fit for him. And uh, I, this is just a, a really strong group across the board. Um, but I'll be curious to see if you are in agreement with me here. 100%. All five guys, spot on. I love Vernon Scott. I think he's uh, Packers found a diamond in the rough, late-round pick. Uh, he's got really good energy. He's got uh, really good work ethic. Uh, we know the other guys, so that's why I'm hyping up Vernon Scott right now. Uh, but I totally agree. If Raven Green can stay healthy, I think he's actually a very critical piece to this defense doing everything that Coach Petten wants the Packers to do. I think this is the most Mike Patton defense uh, that he's potentially had. This is like a core kind of group of guys that he's really going to like across the board, uh, but particularly uh, with the safety and cornerback group, which we'll get to next. Um, I think he's going to lean on this DB group a lot, have them do a lot of different things, have them do a lot of different looks. But I agree across the board. I think Amos is going to have a monster year. Savage coming into his own in his second year. Um, but yeah, Will Redman again, really like what he's doing, but yeah, Wag. All five, I think Vernon Scott really forced the Packers' hand. They just, there's no way that they're going to be able to cut this guy. He's been too good in camp. And then what that does is it, it really leaves uh, Henry Bla uh, Black uh, to potentially fight for a, uh, a practice squad spot. Again, we haven't had a chance to really see too much of him with uh, the practices being closed. But if the Packers like what they saw out of him, then I, I have no doubt that they're going to keep him around. Absolutely. So that leaves us, I believe, the cornerback group is yeah. the last position. These poor cornerbacks, they came, they, it seems like whenever we do positional previews and the, et cetera, uh, the cornerbacks end up being the last group we talk about. I know we purposely went in reverse order uh, in our positional previews, <laughs> uh, our camp previews uh, to avoid that scenario, but this is always a fun group. And again, yeah. I think this is pretty straightforward. We actually kept seven corners last year, and this is not a group that I matched that this year. I, I do not believe we're going to keep seven, um, but uh, clearly uh, uh, some locks in uh, Jair Alexander, uh, Kevin King, 
Um, Shandon Sullivan, I feel like it's pretty safe to say Josh Jackson is a mm-hmm. lock at this point. Uh, so those four guys, I think, are locked in. Uh, Dane, who do you have uh, after those four? Yep, those four are locked in. Mike Petton said that Shannon Sullivan is the starting nickel uh, today, which is awesome. Uh, really excited for him. Uh, Josh Jackson had an incredible camp. I think that he's really um, um, coming into his own in year three. So, yeah, Wags, I have the Packers keeping six total, um, so I agree. We're not going to keep seven this year. Uh, I think that Kadar Holman, uh, somebody who any other year, if the Packers weren't so darn healthy, thank goodness, last season, uh, he would have probably uh, been playing some more snaps. I think the Packers really like what he can do um, and showing that, you know, he can seize opportunities, so he's going to make this team. And then I think that the number six is going to be Samuels, undrafted DB. He's turned some heads. Uh, in camp, he's played Devontae Adams well, which is really fascinating to me because, I mean, it's freaking Devontae Adams. <laughs> and if you can, if you can break up some passes against Devontae, like, let's talk. Um, so I think that we keep those six there. And then that leaves some others, uh, looking at practice squad spots potentially again. Will Sunderland, uh, and then Deshaun Amos from, uh, CFL. Um, and uh, I could see him actually sticking around too. Um, and, and more in the practice squad, he's got some veterans presence there as well. But Wags, those are my six. But I don't think we keep seven. Well, yeah, I, we are locked in a hundred percent again. Wow. I completely agreement. And uh, I had uh, both of those, uh, both Deshaun Amos and uh, Will Sunderland on the practice squad as well. Uh, so very interesting, Dane. We. We barely had any differences, just a couple. Um, when we go through, you go through an entire 53-man roster. Uh, that's pretty impressive. But um, you know, we'll have to see. It seems like the Packers always uh, have one or two out of left field uh, surprises. Uh, I don't know if this is the year where where we see that, but. Um, I'm not going to discount that from happening. I think it's pretty tough to go 53 for 53 because sometimes you're just, you know, not only are you not, we're not in the room uh, as they make these decisions. Uh, there can be some financial implications here that, uh, to be quite frank, I, I really didn't take into consideration as I was going through this. Um, so um, you never know as as they're trying to work out some more extensions uh, with some of these guys, uh, some big names that they're looking at some extensions for. Uh, that's that's where uh, a Corey Lindsley would get interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think with some of the injuries we've already seen up front, I don't think they're going to get too cute there. Uh, so I, I think we're we're pretty locked in as far as uh, that is concerned. So that was really fun. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. About, I don't know about you, Dan, and hopefully everyone out there listening, you keep track. Let us know how we did. Let us know your thoughts, and uh, we'll find out soon enough that the cuts are due Saturday afternoon, and we are recording this here on Thursday evening. I'll probably get this released out for your listening pleasure here by Friday morning is when you may be having the first opportunity to listen. Uh, So there could be some cuts starting already by tomorrow, uh, depending on how early they want to get this process started. Uh, but um, uh, certainly uh, by the time you get over the weekend, if, if you are listening to this uh, Saturday or Sunday over Labor Day weekend, uh, you'll hear some news and you'll be able to score us uh, and tell us where we were right and where we were wrong. So looking forward to that as well. 
Wags, and uh, I, I hate to throw a huge wrench in everything, uh, but I kind of love to. I can't help myself. The, the, the big other thing that could happen here is, um, you know, outside talent, right, that, that affects a roster that we can't predict. Um, I looked at uh, yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, but Rob Domomsky, um, the one of the Packer beat writers, tweeted about Rick Wagner's injury um, and talking about how that competition isn't over. And Jared Valdir um, actually tweeted back with a, a phone emoji and an arm curl emoji. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. He's like, hey, call me, fellas. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it could get interesting, right, especially if injuries linger on that offensive line. The Packers have added middle linebacker the last two seasons. Could they do something there again? Of course, everybody's looking at Sanu at wide receiver, maybe others. I don't know. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe the Packers are really happy with where they're at as well. Um, but you never know um, where the Packers could be going to really shake this roster up. Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure that I wouldn't prefer uh, to have <laughs> that. I, 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 you know, I'm torn. I, I think Rick Wagner, I, I thought when they signed him, it seemed like he was going to be the starting right tackle. He may be on the wrong side of his career um, yeah. if he's having some health issues as well. So, you know, that that will be interesting. I, I, would, sh- I would sure feel... Uh, a little bit more comfortable if they make that phone call for week one. Uh, yep. You know, and, and to be quite honest, he might be a couple million cheaper than Rick Wagner. They've got him signed for two years. So again, I don't know exactly what the salary cap ramifications or dead money ramifications would be. I don't think that Rick Wagner had much of any guaranteed money, but um, they did sign him for a two-year, I believe, right over $9 million. So uh, what happens with that money or how that works out if they cut him before week one? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, he was not a lock for me. That's why I didn't name him in my top six. I think ultimately he'll probably be on this roster. But if they do want to make that call uh, and make a move, uh, I think Rick Wagner would be one of those casualties Um both from a perhaps a performance standpoint, is he really had limited opportunity here in practice and camp, uh, and he's uh, in year one in the system, uh, as well as from a financial standpoint. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and uh, I think Valdir, you know, I wasn't sure, right? We've talked about him in the past, and it's like, does he want to play again? Because he had early retired, had retired the previous season, wasn't clear, but it's clear he's, you know. He's willing, and that means he's probably in pretty good shape, too, right? He's probably kept himself in shape, which is really telling. So um, stay tuned on that front. But something tells me, Wags, we haven't heard the last from Jared Valdir, and I don't mind that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind that either. So, uh, And there, there's going to be other outside moves, as, as I mentioned at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a very fluid roster this year, more so, than I think, than normal. Um, a lot of the moves might be between – the active 53 in the practice squad. Uh, but uh, with with the uh, known commodities that are going to be out there and available, uh, again, it's going to come down to how are they able to get these workouts done and bring guys in from the outside. But uh, Jared Valdir certainly uh, has a lot of familiarity with this, with this team and with the staff. So uh, you've got that uh, box checked off. Uh, so it's just a matter of making sure that he passes the physical and uh, and that he passes the eye test as far as the workout is concerned. 
Wags, the next podcast we do, I think we'll talk about, um, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, ponder the cuts and what their roster looks like. And then it's on to, dare I say, the Minnesota Vikings. This Sunday is the last Sunday until Packer football's back. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Dane, wouldn't it be kind of funny if somehow, you know, between the two of us, we go 53 for 53 and we've got about <laughs> A three-minute reaction podcast uh, to the cutdown. <laughs> that would be our shortest ever. But, um, yeah, looking forward to talking about that. And uh, certainly it's going to be fun. We're ramping up. We're almost ready for Packers football. Week one is coming soon. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Dane, um, anything else to add before we sign off? No, just, folks, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, leave comments, uh, you know, radar, radar podcast. We're doing Sunday night Insta lives. We're having a lot of fun doing this and the long wait is almost over. We're so excited. Packer football is back. So Wags, I think we should close it out. What do we always say? How do we end this thing? Go pack, go, go pack, go.